0: So I'm really excited today to be concluding our December themes for this month. And as as Johnny's just said, we've been looking at some of those words that we associate with Christmas. And at the beginning of the month, we had Sarah talking about joy. Uh, last week we had Steffi talking about peace, two brilliant, brilliant messages. And today I'm going to be talking about hope, which is a great, great word. And in... Preparing for today, I've learned so much myself. And in preparation for this message today, I began to start thinking about where in my vocabulary do I use the word hope? Because what I came to realize is I use it a fair amount, but did I really, truly, fully understand what it meant? So I don't know if you're anything like me, but quite often when I send someone a WhatsApp message, I'll start with something like, I hope you've had a good week. Does anyone else do that? Or Monday morning in the office come to write somebody an email and oh I hope you had a great weekend. Or it might be a bit more serious you talk with somebody and they share with you that maybe they're a little bit unwell and you know when we come say things like I hope you're feeling better soon. And for all of you Star Wars fans out there we've got a new hope as well. So there's lots of different ways that we use this word hope but in my mind I was struggling to really define and understand what it is and what we mean when we say hope. So what is hope? So I've got a a definition up here on the screen for you and the dictionary says this about hope. Hope is an expectation or belief in the fulfillment of something desired. Or to put it a slightly different way, it's a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. And as we talk about hope today, I want to talk about it uh, in maybe a slightly different way that maybe you've thought about before. Because I believe that hope is the currency of heaven let me today unpack what I mean by hope being the currency of heaven. Now, has anyone here, has anyone managed to get away on bro- uh, abroad on holiday this year? Has anyone managed to, did anyone get out at any point? So, you know, we, we managed to get away. For some of you, it's a long distant memory. It was like whew, pre-lockdown, the original 1.0. But for those of you that can remember what it was like to go on holiday, one of the things that you had to do before you could go away on holiday was you had to go and exchange your money. So if you turned up in that country that you're going to with your pound notes, the chances are it wouldn't have been accepted. So you have to go down to the currency exchange you take your pound notes. And in exchange for those, you get the currency of where you are going. Now, I can remember a time when I was younger. And I must have, I must have only been maybe ten. And I remember going to somewhere in Europe, and it was at a time when the pound was worth nearly two euros. Can anyone remember those days? It was the most amazing thing because you were there on holiday and you were looking at things, perusing things to buy, and it would, it was, it would, the label would say something like ten euros. But in your mind, you're like this is actually only costing me five pounds. Like, this is a good deal. Literally, you, you've almost got twice as much with hope. And let me explain what I mean by this. Because I believe that when we put our hope in God, an exchange takes place. You see, we're brillable, and in return, we get something far greater. You see, we can come to God with feelings of hopelessness. We can come and with desperation and despair and self-doubt, dejection and disheartenment. We can come with those things to God. And in exchange, we are given something far, far greater and far more valuable. You see, in exchange, God can give us a hope. He can give us an expectation, something to believe in. There's a, a spiritual confidence, an expectation, a, an optimism that we can stand on the promises of God. And today I want to unpack this exchange, this currency exchange that we can have. And in 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen, this is what the Bible says about hope. It's actually about hope and a few other things. And it says there's three things, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. And you may have seen this Bible passage in a combination of words. It's normally is a, a wall transfer or a sticker that you see on the wall that say, faith, hope, and love. And we all go, ah. Oh. But do we really know what it means? And if there was ever an example of middle child syndrome, I think this passage sums it up. You see, we talk about faith in church all the time. Like we 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 bang on about it a lot. You know, we talk about the importance of faith because it is important, and we talk about the importance of love. And as we saw, it is the greatest of those three. Jesus tells us, "Love your neighbour as yourself." You know, this is the greatest commandment. So those two, they're prioritised. But I feel like hope—it just gets overlooked a little bit. You know, it just—it just that middle child. It just, yeah. Apologies if you're a middle child in here this morning. Now, the reason why I say that hope is the currency of heaven is because, as we've just been told, it's going to last forever. Same with faith and the same with love as well. That when we get to heaven, this world that we know may no longer be in the way that we known it. But faith, hope, and love will always remain. And the reason why I say it's the currency is because when we're in heaven, like we're just going to be loving each other. Like, we're going to be receiving love from God, and we're going to be loving God, full faith and hope. And as I prepared for this message today, and I read this particular passage, I started asking myself, well, what is the difference between hope and faith? And I asked Beck, I said, Beck, if you had to define hope, and you had to define faith, how would you separate the two? How would you define those two? So I'm going to answer that for you because I really struggled to get my head around it and it's important we know the differences. You see, biblical hope is hope in what God will do in the future. So hope is an attitude based on an expectation or a desire as we read in that dictionary de- definition so we believe as people of faith that when we give our lives to Jesus the expectation and the hope we put in that is that actually one day when we die that we'll go to heaven that is a hope that we have in Jesus whereas faith is slightly different see faith is complete trust and confidence in something so it's good it's it's great as well but faith says "What ever is actually here now so whereas hope is in the future, faith is believing it's here now. So just to give you an illustration of how those two go hand in hand, imagine for a moment a child. And that child is told by their parents that tomorrow they are going on holiday. We'll throw in the going abroad just you know, just to make it feel a bit better. Yeah, Disneyland. Tomorrow you're going to Disneyland. Now the child believes that they're going on holiday Based on their parents' word. So that is faith. They're believing in those words. But at the same time, the belief within that child actually kindles an excitement. There's a joy there, and that is an expression of hope. You see, the child's natural trust in the parents' promise is the faith element. But the child would jump up and down on the, st- on the spot and start getting excitement. And they are expressions of joy itself, excited for what is coming tomorrow. You see, biblical hope is actually built on faith. Faith and hope are complementary. They actually go hand in hand. You can't separate one from the other. Because faith is grounded in the reality of the past and of who God is. Whereas hope is looking to the reality of the future so without faith there is no hope and without hope there is no faith the two are hand in hand so the question I want to ask us this morning is can we really put our trust in hope can we really put our hope in God can we believe God as a savior can we believe that he'll come through for us I'm going to answer that for, for you now. Yes, we can. And, and, and this is what the Bible says, and this is what it says in Romans 5.5, 5, and I'll read this out to you. It says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So first of all, we are told that God's hope does not put us to shame. And why will we not put to shame? It's because we are putting our faith and our hope and our belief in God who was so madly in love with us that he was prepared to send his son to this earth. At Christmas time we remember that fact that he came as a vulnerable baby. But he grew up and he was prepared to lay down his life and go to the death on a cross for us. And it didn't stop there. When Jesus was resurrected and went back to heaven, God sent the Holy Spirit in his place to be here with us. He poured it out for each and every one of us. And we can put our hope in that. And this morning, I really want to give a, a testimony of, of what it's looked like for me personally when I've, I've put hope in God in my own life and I want to share with you part of the, the journey that I've been on over the last few years. And it's very much a unique situation for, for me and my work in life and the way that I live my life. But I believe through the lessons that I've learned, I believe that they can be applicable and you can learn from them too. So for those of you that don't know, I, I work in a sales-based role. And part of my job is that I am given an annual target. So for my salary, for my job, the expectation in return is that I am going to sell a certain amount of equipment. It's part and parcel of the role. And for me, it suits my personality really quite well. I do like a bit of a challenge, and it, it causes me to to excel and, and reach those targets. So for some people, I get like a target sounds like a nightmare. Like for some of us overachievers who love to like tick off tick lists and things it works really well so for me it did but in the first few years of doing this role I must admit I did actually struggle with it in the fact that I began starting putting pressure on myself to perform where that that target just became a complete focus for me and it got to the point where I was stressing myself out and I I was actually giving myself physically anxiety worrying about that target And as I say, I had to go on a bit of a journey with this, and it was over the space of a few years. And as I processed and and thought about the way that I was feeling, ultimately I asked myself the question of, well, did I believe that God would supply all of my need? As a fundamental truth, did I believe that God is my provider? And I had to learn to put my hope in God. And I had to learn not to do things of my own strength. Now, don't get me wrong. God has given us gifts and skills and abilities to use, but they go hand in hand with God. And actually, when I stopped looking to myself and I started putting my hope and my trust in God, things began to change. So on a daily basis, when I would pray the Lord's Prayer and i pray, give us this day our daily bread, I would use that as an opportunity to pray to God and say, look, God, this is what I'm working on. I'm, I'm feeling this way. Can you help me in this situation? And as I did that, a shift began to happen where I began trusting God as my provider. And when I did that, two things happened. One, the anxiety in my life began to decrease as I took the emphasis off myself and started looking to God. And the second thing is, God provided. like He came through for me. And as I say, this has been a journey over a few years, and it got to the point where I was regularly starting to hit my target, and I began to sort of be able to relax a little bit and, and actually realize, actually, I can trust God in this. Like God's got me. Like I, I don't have to stress and worry about this. And then something else began to happen, and I had to learn another little lesson. God's good like this. You think you're there. You think you've learned it. And then he he teaches us something else. You see, it got to the end of the year. And I'd started hitting my target before the end of the year. So you're like, great, thumbs up. Thank you, God. And in sales, we have a phrase called sandbagging. I don't know if any of you have heard this phrase before, but sandbagging is where you, in essence, when you've got a deal or an opportunity that's ready to come in, you just start trying to hold it back a little bit so that it'll come into either the next year's or the next quarter's target. And I was like, well, I've done my target now, so you know, I can start you know, putting some of these into next year's bag. And as I prayed about that, I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my spirit. And it doesn't happen a huge amount, but I really do believe that I, I heard from the Holy Spirit and, and questioned to me. And, and he asked, do you not believe I can do this again next year? You see, in my head, I had the knowledge, God is my provider. He's, but it hadn't gone from my head down to down to here yet and that's the lesson that I've had to learn and the reason why I tell you this and the reason why I testify of this is because this is what it's looked like for me personally when I put my hope in God now I appreciate for you it can little circumstances are very different from mine but actually we can all put our hope in God you see we can find our hope in the promises of God We can believe that God is good, that he loves us, and that he has our back. It could be for you trusting that God is your healer. It could be trusting that he's your provider, that he's your source of peace. It could be looking to God for your strength, your rest, or your joy. It could be trusting that God forgives you and will give you eternal life. It could just be knowing that God is a loving father, that he hears you, And he does answer your prayers. So I've just got, for this next part, just some biblical attributes of what hope looks like. And I'm not going to read out the Bible passages because there's too many, but I'm going to reference the Bible passage. And if you're making notes, you can jot it down and you can have a look when you get back home. But I'm going to just touch on what it looks like. What is biblical hope and what does it do in our lives? so Titus two thirteen tells us that Christ is our living hope Jesus is the fulfillment of everything we wait for in this life it is all about Jesus and if you've not put your trust in Jesus you can do that today you can make that decision to put him as number one in your life 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13 to 14 tells us that we have hope for a resurrection. The resurrection of Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. Romans 5 verse 3 to 4 tells us that perseverance in our suffering brings hope. You see trials develop our endurance and it teaches us to trust God and when we do that, it builds perseverance, which builds our character, and it enables, all, enables us to see beyond our current circumstances. It produces hope. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us that God has a plan for our lives, that he gives us a hope and a future. What a great exchange. We can bring to God our uncertainties and know that in exchange, he is going to give us no harm. Proverbs 10:28 tells us that hope brings joy and peace. 2 Corinthians 3:12 tells us that hope makes us very bold and I've actually got it up here on the screen. It's so short you might have missed it. But therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold. We're not just bold, we are very bold. <laughs> some of us are bold, some of us are bold, some are both. <laughs> I'm nearly there. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's always hope absolutely <laughs> Isaiah 40:31 tells us that hope renews strength and it's really interesting there's been science done on the importance of hope on our brain and neuroscientists have actually investigated the science of hope and it actually turns out that a feeling of hopefulness can actually change our brain. And your brain pumps all sorts of different chemicals, but there's one specific one that is pumped out when you experience the sensation of hope. And one of those chemicals, and I've got it written down here, is endorphins. And those endorphins can actually make you have feelings of well-being but they can also reduce pain and discomfort and in Isaiah 40 verse 31 it tells us but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and knock them physically within us as well So for the remainder of our time today, I just want to share with you some different ways that we can stay hopeful. And I've got eight different ways. Now, I'm not expecting you to do all of these. What I want you to do is just pick one or two that you can apply to your life, and especially this Christmas time. So eight ways we can stay hopeful. So the first one is pause, reflect, and be thankful. So when you feel yourself getting caught up in the rollercoaster and the busyness of life, it's easy sometimes to feel like things are out of control. And it's easy to allow some of those negative thoughts and emotions to fill our minds. And when we feel those, it can sometimes make us lose our perspective. But in these moments, what I want to encourage you to do is to just pause, take a minute, And take a breath. And in small groups recently, uh, for those of you that are in a small group, you'll know that we've been reading The Elimination of Hurry. And in that book, there's a, a chapter on the importance of silence and solitude. And sometimes taking the time to just hit pause is the best piece of action that you can take. And in those moments when you're paused... Just take that time to just remind yourself what it is that you're thankful for. No matter how hard our situations may be, there is always something to be thankful for. What can you see around you that you're thankful for? Who are you most thankful for to have in your life? Practicing gratitude makes us better equipped to handle what life can throw at us. The second way that we can stay hopeful is pray about it. It's as simple as that. It's been proven again that prayer can help people have a hopeful feeling. 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us that we should cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for you. Bring your requests to God. Don't keep it all bottled up inside, but bring it to God. Tell God what you need. Talk to him. He invites us to do that. And today, if you'd like to receive prayer, we're going to have the prayer team available and you can come and you can have someone stand with you and pray with you. So take that time to pray. Number three, I think this one is so important at the moment, but limit your bad news intake. Every day is full of good and bad news reports, but it always seems to be the bad news that makes it to the headlines. So be careful not to excessively watch and listen and engage with media that's sort going of to make us feel less hopeful and make us feel more fearful. Now at the same time, I appreciate we can't be ostriches, we can't just bury our head in the, stand, in the sand, but we can limit that intake. Number four, focus on the positive. We can still acknowledge the difficulty of our situation and the world that we live in around us, but we can do that while still living with hope. See, one way that we can do this is to actively think of what it's going to look like beyond your present situation. Remember, faith is looking to the future. What is it going to look like? Desmond Tutu famously said this in this quote, hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all of the darkness what does a, uh, what does a positive future look like for you when you find that breakthrough focus on the positive let's choose to have hope and optimism in our lives let's look for the positive rather than the negative god's faith faithful sorry god's faithfulness is what motivates us for hope in the future. So by looking backwards to the past, looking what he's done, gives us that hope for the future. Number five, surround yourself with hopeful people. Hopeful people. I can't say. Most of us know at least one person who can persistently see the bright side of life. Speaking with someone who's positive, who's encouraging, can just totally turn your day around. I want to encourage you find a group of people that you can surround yourself with that's going to give you encouragement and increase your levels of hope. Who are you friends with? Who do you follow on social media? For us in the small group that I'm a part of one of those people in my life is Mandy Sidley. I don't know if any of you met Mandy but she's one of the most positive people I know and she she's also my hairdresser, she cuts my hair and every time I come away from seeing Mandy I always come away encouraged. And find those people in your life. And when you have that hope, don't keep it to yourself. But actually share it with others. It's not just a one-way street. It can go both ways. So find a community of people that you can put around you. And a great way of doing that is small groups. They all exist in this church. There are tens of, of groups that meet around this city of people who are there to encourage one another, to give each other a hope. And if you're not part of one, you can sign up today. You can go over to our our table at the back and you can sign up to be part of a small group. Number six, find role models. In the history of human existence, hundreds if not thousands of people who potentially are going through a very similar circumstance to you. The Bible is full of accounts of people who've gone through adversity and we can learn from them. Find someone that you can relate to who's been through something similar to you. Number seven, and this is one of my personal favorites, is find humor. This is an important one. So a university in Texas had done a study and concluded that humor may be effective in significantly increasing a person's level of hope. So what the study did is they got people to watch a 15-minute video Comedy video, and what they found was those that watched the video, their levels of hope were significantly higher than those that didn't. Sometimes you just need to find something to laugh at, something to lighten your emotions and allow yourself to feel that hope again. So, my homework for you this Christmas (laughs) is to do at least one thing that's going to make you laugh. If that's watching a funny film, watching a stand up comedian, pulling a cracker and reading a joke, whatever that is for you, I want to encourage you to do that this Christmas. <laughs> and my last and final way that we can stay hopeful is by doing acts of kindness. And for us as a church, this is one of our core values. And believe it or not, by performing acts of kindness for others, it can actually improve our outlook on life it can actually boost our mood. So even though we're doing it for someone else, it can actually do something in us as well. And it's been proven that by helping others, it can actually make us feel less stressed and more happy. How amazing is that? So just a few ideas that, some ideas for acts of kindness. Pay it forward. Someone gives you a kind compliment, pay it forward. Share what you can spare. If you've got excess, give it to someone who hasn't. You know, it's great to see the way uh, that we've been able to give those hampers and some of those selection boxes and give them out and just bless people at Christmas. Thank you to everyone who came down and, and volunteered and came and helped pack those hampers. They are examples of acts of kindness. It could be volunteering on a ministry. If you currently are a part of this church and you don't serve on a ministry, I want to encourage you to do that. It's a great way that you can give kindness through the body of Christ. And finally, just give love. As simple as that. Just love on people. It, it's not complicated. It's really simple. So I'm just going to invite Tim up to the stage as we we come to a close and as I is looking expectantly towards the future based on our faith in God in the present and his faithfulness in the past. And we need to be a people of hope because hope, it motivates us forwards because life can be difficult. It's filled with hardships and trials. But when we have hope, we can navigate turbulent waters without despair. We can have a joy and a peace despite our circumstances because we know we have a God that works th- all things for our good. So I want to finish with one final scripture from Romans fifteen thirteen, and it says this: May the God of hope fill you will and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit we believe in the God of hope and my prayer for us this Christmas time is that we would allow the God of hope to fill us that we would be a people overflowing with God's hope And that we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And each of us individually, we would experience this joy and peace that we are promised. And actually, it wouldn't stop with us. But we would share that hope and that kindness with others. So to finish this morning, I just want to pray. And I'm going to invite the band to to come up on the stage and get ready. And for all of us, let's let's just get to our feet as we, we pray to close. And what I want to encourage you to do is just hold out your hands. And as we've just read there, I'm going to pray that the God of hope would fill us. That we would be overflowing with hope. And by holding out our hands, it's just symbolic. Almost like holding out for a gift on Christmas Day. And we're just saying, Holy Spirit, we invite you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that, that you've been here with us this morning. That you've been listening, you've been part of everything that's taken place today. And Holy Spirit, we take this moment right now just to acknowledge you, to acknowledge that you're here in your power, that you're here in your presence this morning. And Holy Spirit, I ask, would you just begin resting on people? As we hold out our hands this morning, we choose to receive from you afresh today. Would you come and would you fill us? Would we overflow with hope? And Holy Spirit, as we go from this place today, as we go out into our weeks and this Christmas time, would you go with us? Would we take your hope, your kindness and your love with us everywhere that we go? And I pray that in those moments of busyness over this Christmas period, we just take those moments just to pause, just to reflect on you, reflect on your goodness. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you are filling us afresh. We are so grateful. Thank you. Amen.